0: To hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, I, listen, our women be it up in here. They just, they do. St- I'm so glad. Because listen, I can't do it all up here. Thank you. This is what we have. This is why we have people in place, which is why I'm not even ministering today. Because the Lord was saying, listen, I have to start bringing, you got to bring other people up to be ready. And I said, I believe the Lord had put it on my heart even this past Sunday where I said, this ministry does not belong to me. Ministries don't belong to us, it belongs to the kingdom of God. So you have to have everyone in place to be prepared to minister. Because when our lead pastor's not here, he has to be able to come to me or my husband going, listen, I'm not here. He can't just shut the church down for six weeks if him and Becky would like to go on a cruise or away. Right, Becky? Because Becky likes – she's our travel agent, by the way. If you need to travel, she's amazing. She just booked our next trip for us. I just had to throw in that plug. Sorry. She's amazing. Don't, don't book your trips on the Internet. Go through a human, okay? You get more blessed. Just saying. You get more blessed when you go – right that's the truth becky's not but that's the truth right um but you have to have people in place the kingdom does not stop it continues to go so if i cannot be here for women's the the women's ministry has to keep going and that's what all ministries sound men's couples it just has to keep going when bethany's not here to lead the youth young adult children they still need to have ministry see what i'm saying so it doesn't belong to us Hence why the Lord puts on my heart certain people to bring up to minister to us. So today I have two special people. One of them is my baby girl, Tasleen, who's never done this before. (laughs) She talks. She talks. A little thing about her is, uh, yeah, she just got married. She has always been, and I'm not speaking this over her, but she's been the quiet one for a while, okay, in our family. And she's always, but this funny thing, I remember Pastor Tom said, Tazleen may seem to be the quiet one, but when she talks, she has something very much to say. That's very powerful to say, okay? So that's something definitely good. And um, I think it's just the beginning. She has some of her mama's anointing as the prophetic on her. I believe that. That little, where? Oh, that little, little? I didn't see you over there, little, little girl. I didn't see you, little, little. <laughs> I didn't see you. But she has that that gifting, too, um on her mama. And before I had my oldest one speak, if you guys missed that, a couple of months ago. So now I'm like, the Lord's like, it's time for a tazleen. So I'm going to bring my girl up. to And and I don't tell them what to minister about at all. I believe we all have the Holy Spirit in us to be able to hear from the Lord yourself. And then you give what the Lord put on your heart. Okay, And that's how I was raised up when, when Pastor Tom was really speaking to me to go ahead and preach when I was thinking he was out of his mind a lot. I was like, You crazy, bro. You sure that's the Holy Spirit? Ugh No. <laughs> this is what we do at first and people like to listen, but I just go to people like, Hey, you're gonna you gonna minister? I said to Bethany, all right, you do me a favor. Yeah, what you need? Okay, you're gonna minister at women's. I figured you're just gonna stay that, all right. And it's like you can't say no because it's just too late. You you're doing it. Anyway. So yeah, so it's just when I when I feel like not I, when I when the when I believe the Lord put in my heart there's supposed to be certain people to minister, that's what it it does. So we're just going to open, be open, hear what the Lord says to them, and grab it. Grab what you can get, okay? So we're going to have Tazleem, then I'll come back up, bring Bethany, and I'm sure for like three minutes, like very little, okay? All right, come on, my baby girl. Tazleem, Tazleem. I know y'all hear us call her Zemi a lot because that's been her name since she was a little girl, but she's a grown married woman now. So I guess we got to call her Tazleem, right? Right, Noemi? I'm like, it's Zemi. Noemi used to work with her. And David, when they first met, when they were friends, right? When David just went, David was like, I don't want to be your friend no more, right? When he's going to work, and they were friends, and Noemi was the one who told Taslim, I think, going, David like you more than friends, <laughs> right? She might tell that story, but see, Noemi knew. He was like, I think he like you more, and she was like, what? But let me stop. Okay, I just, okay, here I go. Okay, give me Any water or something? I got water, yeah. Thank All you. right, my baby
1: here. I'm just so grateful for today. Um, I want to thank my mom and God for this opportunity to speak to his people. And I'm just going to start by just praying. Father, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us. I thank you for all of your wonderful blessings. I pray, thank you, Father, for using me and Miss Bethany and my mom as your vessels. And I pray that you just give us what you want us to say to your people. And I pray that it blesses them and that their hearts are open to receive and hear what you have to say. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So as I said, I'm so grateful to be able to be used by God. So one topic that has been on my heart for a bit was the promises of God. Many of us are believing for, God to, for things to um, manifest in our lives. At times we question if God like, really promised what he promised us, and we start to question you know, if we heard him right, and like, God, did you really say that? And then you like, start wavering on the promises, and then you start like, second guessing, and then it just becomes a mess but we really need to be steadfast on the promises of God and that nothing will be able to move us from that promise. It's not always easy to stand on his promises. Trust me, it could be really tough. <laughs> but um, we need to make sure that we are constantly spending time in his word and talking to our father because that is what's going to fill us up and keep us like you know, connected with our father and to be able to stand on these promises. So as I was reading the Bible and just praying to God, like, what do you want me to share? I thought about Abraham. So a lot of you guys are really um, familiar with, uh, you know, the story of Abraham and how he was a man of unwavering faith and he stood on the promises of God. So God told Abraham that he will make him a great nation and he will bless him and his wife, Sarah, with a son, regardless of their old age. So um, after God made him that promise, we all know Sarah laughed and she was like, what, God, what are you talking about? Like a lot of us like feel that, like how we laugh at the promises that God has given us. Like when you think of something, it's like so impossible, but we know all things are impossible without with God. Not all things are possible with God. So God gave Abraham this promise when he was 75 years old. So to the natural, it's like, oh my gosh, like that's pretty old to like have a kid. But, you know, um, so a lot of us, like Abraham had to wait for his promise for a good amount of time. And many of us get weary of waiting for our promise, but waiting is very important because we all know patience is a fruit of the spirit, which in Galatians five twenty two through to 23 states, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Could we um, turn to Romans 4.18, please? So we all know throughout the years, Abraham continued to keep this faith. So please let me know when you're there. Romans 4.18. Okay, awesome. So I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. So it says, Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was was Sarah's room. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. So at this time, Abraham is a hundred years old. So the promise manifested twenty five years later. So that goes back to patience. You know, we have to have the fruit of the spirit of patience. Very important with manifesting, you know, standing on God's promises. So could you also turn to Psalms 119.49? So we need to use Abraham as an example of how we must take God at his word, because we serve a God that does not lie. There's, there's no lying bone in his body, like he cannot. I remember my mom spoke about how God, God's children can remind him of his promises. Um, she gave the example of how me and my sister will always go to my earthly father and be like, hey, Daddy, remember you are supposed to buy us that Barbie doll or you are supposed to take us to get ice cream. How much more can we remind our Heavenly Father of all the things he's promised for us? So are you guys there, Psalms 119? Okay, so Psalms 119.49 says, Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. So he is reminding the father of the promise that he's given to him. So it's nothing wrong with just reminding your father. So um, in my life, I had to stand on God's promises for various things in my life. One of those things included healing. About four years ago when I was in college, I had so much stress and I was very overwhelmed. And so I began battling health issues. And the enemy tried to label me with the stomach disease, among other things. It caused lots of difficulty with digestion, weight loss, many other things not from my father. So despite this, I knew the promise God provides for his children. And one of these promises is healing. So it was it was hard to stand on that promise. But we have the tools. God has given us the tools we need to stand on his promise and reap all of his promises he'd given to us. So five years later, I began experiencing improvements in my digestion, and I was able to hold down meals and gain weight and do much better. Amen. So thank God, thank you Jesus for, for that. So Isaiah 53, five states, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sins, our injustice, our wrongdoing, the punishment required for our well-being fell on him, and by his stripes, wounds, we are healed. That is his promise to us. He, like, died on the cross for all of these things to be provided for us. So in addition to healing, I believed God for the promise of a godly husband. So as I navigated through high school and in college, I always had friends and people who were in relationships, getting married, having babies, doing this, doing that. And you know what happens to us young people, we look on social media, we're like, oh my gosh, so-and-so getting married, so-and-so has a boyfriend, so-and-so is doing that. But this is dangerous. Like, we all have our own journey and path that God has set for us. So just focus on what God is calling you to do at the moment and his journey that he has set out for you. So as I continued to go about my life, the enemy would try to lie and convince me that God's promises of a godly husband wasn't true for me. He would try to make me believe that it could happen for others, but it wouldn't happen for me. So I chose to not listen to the words of the enemy and stand on what God said to me. I also chose to remain faithful to God and keep the promise I have made to God at an early age, which was saving myself for marriage. So, thank you, (laughs) glory to God. So could we turn to Hebrews 6.15? Okay. So with that being said, I refused to begin relationships with anyone who did not have godly characteristics. I would say to myself, if you don't pursue God, you cannot pursue me. <laughs> so I was so steadfast on God's word, I did not accept anyone contrary. One verse that I held onto was Hebrews 6:15. Are you guys all there? You guys. Okay. So Hebrews 6:15 states, then Abraham waited patiently and received what God had promised. There it goes again, patience, patience, so that's why God instructed us to have patience because he knows that that goes hand in hand with receiving His promises but i honestly, I can feel for all of you ladies and men out there who are dating because it can be rough <laughs> it's rough, it's horrible it's it's terrible it's just oh my gosh, I remember there was this one time when I was walking. Um, on the college campus just walking around and this guy was like, excuse me. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, hi. He was like, oh, I'm lost. Can you help me where I'm trying to go? I said, I'm like, sure, where do you need to go? He was like, your heart. I was like, like, that is the worst pickup line I have ever heard in my life. I said, so I really know you're not the one for me because that was just horrible. So I just fake laughed and just walked away. sound like moving on (laughs) so it's very important to ask God to give you the wisdom and discernment to know who is for you and who is not so that goes for friends as well like for relationships and friends it's like you know you cannot be in partnership with light and darkness and with relationships you cannot be unequally yoked so I definitely wanted to take him at his word so like I said God does not lie so I continue to take God at His word. He brought me first He brought me my first and only boyfriend and now my husband into my life. Every, everything about him lines up with God with what God wanted for me. I also had to say just to everyone, just do not force relationships. Like if God has someone for you, it's gonna happen. Like you don't have to force it and that's when it's just, you know, out of the will of God. So we were first, like, really good friends, and then we started dating, and we got married. So um, <clears throat> could you also turn to Isaiah forty three twenty five? So as God not only kept his promise to me, but I also kept my promise of him waiting until marriage. So remaining faithful to God not only brings him glory, but yields many blessings for us. Also, for those of you who did not, like, you know, make the promise to wait, there is redeeming power in the name of Jesus. You, all you have to do is just repent to your father, rededicate yourself and your body, and and then just still go forth in the call that God has for you. It will. It, the Bible says it will be like nothing ever happens. So if you made any mistakes and repent for the things that you've done, God forgets it. So as Isaiah 43:25 says, I, yes, I alone, and this is the NLT version, I, yes, I alone, will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. That just shows that we just serve such a loving Father that no matter what you do, he's going to love you regardless of what you've done or doing. Just repent and just go forth in what God has called for you. Like, don't let the devil, like, hold you back and try to remind you, oh, you did that. You did this. Oh, you did that. Like, it's a lie from the enemy because all the devil does is lie. And what God says, just listen to what God says because he will never lie. So could you also turn to Second Peter 1, 5? So as we continue to obtain God's promises, we must ensure that our actions and the things are lined, and the things we say are lined up to the word of God. Not only to please our Father, but to also demonstrate God's love to his people. So we must, we must represent our Father in everything we do. That's what we say. That's what we do. That's how we dress. That's every aspect of our lives. Just as described in Second Peter 1, 5-7, which states, In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. So there would be times where the enemy would try to take your promise or cause distractions or oh, God didn't say that to you, Oh, what is this? Oh, you sh- that, that, that's not true. But there are so many times when the devil will try to do that, and he will also try to attack your mind, which leads to your confessions. He will try to get your confessions off of the promises of God. But you just have to make sure you keep every area of your life in line with his promises for you. Your belief in conf- confession will determine the life or death of God's promise. So, let's read Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Okay, so it says, um, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. So I close with this. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what. It will come to pass. Just keep holding on to his word, what he says. Or just rebuke everything the enemy tries to say to you because it's a lie. It's not true. And two, don't be afraid to remind your father of his promises because he loves you so much. And lastly, let's not be promise killers by believing and confessing things contrary to the word of God. So, I just want to thank God for using me and just being a vessel today. I I cannot do this without Him. I just do this through Him. And I thank you, Mommy, for this time at Women's Ministry. And I love you all, and I hope you all have a blessed day.
0: My baby. I love that she said let's not be promise killers cuz I think we tend to do that ourselves we can't even blame the devil anymore it's just us it's just us and we go to God Lord rebuke the devil no rebuke yourself cuz you're doing it yourself with your mouth with your thoughts with your choices we've got to be real that's what we need to start doing instead of blaming the devil and everything you need to do so listen to me doing therapy self-examine become self-aware with yourself okay and then change the behavior and the patterns and then make a different choice okay stop blaming the devil on everything <laughs> got it Demi. i want to get Bay too so i'm going to bring bethany up next now i've known bethany i don't know how many years i know the girls were little and they cut their hair <laughs> remember that oh my gosh you, you remember that a cute little girl and they came in and we're like bethany what the girls do to their hair they like cut their hair off their bangs or something and it was like long hair and they came in and all of a sudden Bethany does hair so their hair was just cut real cute we're like okay long time when Bethany I don't think you were doing any ministry at all yet no, I was like, no, not yet so now she's she's just moving up in the ring going from one level one level of glory to another level of glory she's just not sitting stagnant you got to keep moving in, in the level the the glory realm right? She's also, um, is also moving into other levels of the prophetic as well, right? Yes, yes. I think the Lord had me speak in your life a couple of times. I know the Lord uses me to speak in people's lives and I can't remember a lot of the stuff, but sometimes I get, he reminds me of stuff, right? So the Lord put her on my heart too, to give a word. And once again, I don't know what she's going to say, but I know it's going to be anointed and powerful and to bless the ladies. Hey, Charlene, girl. <laughs> Lord just go ting to certain people. Hey Barb, um, but come on, bae Let's let's see what the Lord has for. Is gonna have you share with the ladies. You took your shoes off, my girl. Okay, listen. Like, she like me. I always show up Sunday. The people know they see me Sundays. I show up really cute, right? I have my heels, and I'm like, everyone see the outfit? Great. Shoes off. Like let's just do this. You know, you you have to go cute and click click, and the shoes are off, right? Let's set Bay up real quick.
2: Is that good? Is that too loud? Yeah, feels a little loud. Okay. Good. Hello, is that better? Okay. It's up
0: to you because when you start ministering, you're getting stuff and you
2: download it. It's too loud for you. Then it's too okay. I mean, I think it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I sound normal, right? Does it sound sound good? good? Okay. All right. So, um, like Latasha said when she had texted me asking me to do it, of course I was honored to do it. Um, And uh, initially, and then I, I, I said, you know, absolutely, I'll do it. You know, I made a decision. I don't know, probably a year ago, uh, to God. I said, you know what, God, I'm going to get out of my own way, and I'm just going to be a conduit. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. So, um, because ultimately you're just battling with yourself anyway, is what it is, and he's going to get what he wants. In the long run, it's just how much fighting you're going to do on that journey. Um, So, and then, of course, I asked her, you know, is there anything in particular you want me to talk about or anything? And she said, no sooner did I send her that message, did God already start downloading to me what he was going to have me say, and then she said, no, just do what you are, do what God puts on your heart, and then I said to her, I'm like, yeah, it's funny, because as soon as I sent that message, that's what God said to me, and then I said to her, I'm like, and we we're on our way to church on a Wednesday night, and I said, my poor husband, he's over here talking to me, and I'm not here, not nothing he's saying, because God's sitting over here telling me what I got to say, and I'm just like, uh-huh, okay, um, okay, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, yeah. So um, with that being said, this is what God's been putting on my heart. Uh, he's really been pressing upon me the importance of marrying him first. Um, and about coming back to our first love, which is him. And if God's never been your first love, he's saying, Come to me. I'm here waiting for you. Let's let's fall in love together. Um, and I know for a lot of people, that may sound weird, you know, falling in love with God, because we've been taught that he's our father, you know, and the natural mind says, well, fall in love with your father. That's weird, you know, but God, the Bible also says that he is our husband and we're to be his bride. So it's absolutely imperative that we marry him first and fall in love with him first. So that way we can be in healthy relationships with other people because if we're not in love with God first and we can't have a healthy relationship with somebody else, it's not going to work. You know, God teaches us how to have that relationship with somebody. He teaches us when to say things, when not to say things, how to say it, you know, how to be kind in our words instead of just blurting it out since I was a little child, you know, my mom always told me it's not what you say, but it's the way you said it. I've never, I've always had an, I used to have an issue, I should say that, with having a filter, because I've always been very blunt, very black and white. If it comes in my head, out my mouth it comes. So I've learned that that's not the right way to be, because you can hurt people by saying that you can cut people down, and that's not what God wants. He wants to build people up. So you have to be kind to what you're saying. Um, but you have to have a relationship with him first. He has to come first. You know, he has to be first place in our lives before our husbands, before our kids, before our jobs, before our friends, before our families, before anything else. He has to come first. Why? Why is it important that we put him first place in our lives and in our relationships? Because it's in him that we find our image and our identity and who we really are and where your image and identity is found makes all the difference in the types of relationships you're going to have. It sets the tone for the type of relationship that you're going to have with that individual. Um, you know, is it going to be a needy, selfish, self-centered, self-seeking type of relationship where it's all about you and getting your needs met, and, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's at the expense of the other person, Or is it going to be a giving, selfless, self-sacrificial type of relationship where you put the needs of the other person above your own needs and you're continually dying to yourself, right? Our natural mind would say, well, why would I want to do that? Why would a person want to put somebody else's needs above their own? You know, why am I going to make it all about them? What about me? I have needs too. I have things that need to be fulfilled in my own self. Why would I do that? Because the spirit man says that you know that your father's going to fulfill you and provide you with every single thing that you could need. And the more you pour out into that person, the more God's going to be pouring into you. And he's going to be giving you what you need so that way you're overflowing onto the people that you're in relationships with. But you won't be able to do any of that. You won't be able to overflow into somebody if you're not being filled by the Father, if you don't have that relationship with him. And you won't trust and believe and rely on him that he's going to continually fulfill you if you're not spending that time with him, if you're not putting him first. Because you're always going to be second-guessing in your own mind. Well, if I'm helping this person over here, Aren't I enabling them? Aren't I allowing their behaviors to continue this way? Aren't I going to continue feeding what they're doing? That's what our natural mind says. But our Father says, no, they need to see my grace and my mercy and my love and my kindness. They need to see that. And you might be the only person that they ever see that from. Now, I'm not saying to walk around and be a doormat to... Anybody that you're in relationships with and allow everyone to walk all over you. But what I am saying is to have that grace and to have that mercy and to have that kindness and that love where it needs to be. You know, just like God did for us on the cross and just like he continues to do for us on a daily basis. You know, none of us got what we deserved from God because if we did, we'd all be going to hell. That's what we deserved. But thankfully, because he gave us grace every single day and mercy and kindness and love, he provided a way out for us. And like I said, you might be that only way, that, that middle ground f- to lead that person to God. You know, I always tell my kids, and I just recently told my youth uh, recently, and if my kids were here, they'd probably tell you because they roll their eyes every time I say it. Um, I always tell my kids, be the change you want to see in somebody else. You know, you can only control you and your behavior and your reactions. You can't control them. You know, so if you want to see a change in them, if you want to see a difference in them, you be that change. Because eventually when they see you continually being steadfast, continually relying on the word, continually believing what God says in your circumstances, they're going to say, wait a minute, something is different. I do want to be like that. And it's going to draw them to you. And then you're going to be able to speak into their life. Matthew 10, 39, this is the Passion Translation. It says, those who cling to their lives, the selfish, self-centered, self-seeking, it's all about me, mindset, and attitude, will give up true life that's here on the earth with the Father. But those who let go of their lives and surrender it all, excuse me, this keeps pulling, sorry. But those who... But those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it all to me will discover true life, freedom in the Father through Christ. So what is he saying? That we have to continually die to our flesh on a daily basis, that old, stinky, natural minded, natural thinking, judgy, self-seeking person. We have to get rid of that. Why? Because that's what kills us from the inside out. When you have that constantly going in your mind, it's all about me. You know, Joyce Meyer says, if you ever follow her, she has like a robot. What about me? What about me? What about, you know, when you constantly have that replaying, well, if I do this, then what am I going to get in return? If this happens, then what about me? You know, that is what, it's what shrivels up your spirit man inside. And it's what kills your soul, which then manifests into your physical body. And we weren't ever created for that. But those who give up their lives and surrender it all to God will have true freedom here on the earth with the Father. And how do you do all that? By having that relationship with the Father first, by being married to God first. And once you realize that you were created, that you were never created for you, but that you were created for God to do His will here on the earth, surrendering everything over to Him makes it so much easier. Because when you don't, you just end up spinning your wheels and tiring yourself out because you're trying to do it on your own strength. And believe me, I've definitely tried holding on to stuff that wasn't inherently bad. Like if I was to tell you, it wouldn't be like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't drugs or alcohol or any of that stuff. It was stuff that just God didn't want for me. It wasn't God's best for me. So, when I finally did give it up and stop um, being stubborn and, you know, fighting with God, when I finally was like, you know what, God, have it. I don't even care. I'm done. I'm done fighting. Like, it's just over. There was so much peace and freedom and joy that came with it because you realize, why was I ever holding on to that stuff? Like, what was I even thinking? It makes no sense to even do that. You know, and then in that moment, God says to you, this is what I've been trying to tell you you could have. This is what you could have the whole time. This is what's been waiting for you. You just had to make that first step. You had to be the one to choose to say, I'm putting all this down, God, and I'm doing it for you. I don't want this stuff anymore. I want you. You're the only thing that matters to me. Above anything else, you're the one that matters. I don't care about anything else. He's waiting for us. So what do you do if you're already in relationships with people, which all of us are, and God hasn't been that first person in your mind. God hasn't been your first. You haven't been married to him first. He's not the first thing that you think of. It's easy. It's just a shift in your mindset. That's step one, just shifting your mind to him. You know, for me, I wake up in the morning, you know, even when I'm in bed, my eyes open and I'm like, good morning, daddy thank you for today thank you that today is going to be an amazing day thank you for everything that you're doing in my life and in my husband's life and in my kid's life thank you that you know you're with me every step of the of my day today thank you father for everything that you're doing for me and then I get up and I start my day you know and and it's that shift and then you let it go from there and then you get up You take a shower, you brush your teeth, you know, and as you're doing it, you know, me, I'm praying in my prayer language while I'm taking a shower, brushing my teeth, whatever, because, you know, once I get up, then I have to get the kids up, and then there's that whole realm of things that start coming that way, and then if I know that I didn't talk to my daddy first, if my kids say something out of pocket, I'm like, natural me is going to be like, I'm going to, you know, but then I'm like, nope, that's not how we're going to do it, this is the way we're going to do it, and it makes things easier, But as you do those simple things, you'll see that you'll become more conscious of him and then your relationship with him grows. Like I said, we're supposed to be the bride of Christ. The word says that we're supposed to be the bride of Christ. But are we acting like the bride? Is the church acting like the bride? No, we're not. Not all the time anyway. What do we do? We'd be out here cheating on him on a regular basis. If we all thought about it, we're out here doing what we want to do, how we want to do it, when we want to do it. You know, and and a lot of the church thinks, well, I'm going to church, so that's good. And yes, going to church is good, but it's all about your heart and your mind and what you're doing while you're there. That's what makes the difference, you know, and it's when you are allowing other things to take priority in your life over him and you're putting him second or third or fourth or not even thinking about him, that's when things start to become an issue for you. And it's easy, like I said, it's just that shift in your mindset to change and say, God, I want you first. And as women... We have a continual checklist of things that we need to do in our lives every day, what we got to do. There's a continual calendar that's always going through our minds, what we have to do, how we have to do it. And while they're good things and they need to have a priority in our life, they don't need to take first priority. That spot needs to be reserved for God and God alone. Because if it's not, then the things that are important in our lives will become tainted and tarnished. Um, When my girls were little... AJ used to travel for work all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean like Monday through Friday, he was gone. He come home on the weekend and then Monday through Friday, gone again. And it was like that for many years. And I had gotten to a place and I was still coming to church. You know, we had just started coming here. Like I said, they were little. So I was learning and growing and all that stuff. And um, I got to a point to where I was doing laundry one day and I'm sitting here turning clothes right side out. And I start complaining. I'm like, God, look at this. I got to constantly, you know, turn these clothes right side out. Nobody listens to me. Nobody cares. I'm doing everything by myself. He's out living his best life working. You know, this is horrible. I'm doing, you know, I'm here, whatever, you know, and in that, in my laundry room, God said to me, he said, remember that you prayed for this. Remember that you prayed your whole life to be a wife and a mommy. You prayed to be a stay at home mom. Remember. And the minute God said that to me, when I tell you, I shut up so fast because it hit me in my spirit. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, and God said to me, how is what you're doing blessing your family? You're speaking cursings over your family without even realizing it. That's not what you're to be doing. And I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. You know, like it took me, and, and when God says that to you, when he corrects you that way, you know, and it was gentle, and it was loving, and it wasn't like he was yelling at me and saying, what are you doing? You know, it was just that little nudge, like, Bethany, remember. And I'm like, God, I'm sorry. And I quickly changed. And I said, I'm, you know, when I feel those moments, I'm not even going to speak it. I'm just going to remember what you said to me. You know, because they do. Those thoughts and feelings do rise up again, and you do still have those moments. But if you remember, like I remember what God said to me, I'm like, God, nope, I'm not going to do it. Thank you, Father, that I am in the position to be able to do what I'm doing. Thank you, Father, for these beautiful children that you blessed me with. Thank you, Father, that I'm able to sit here and turn these clothes right side out and put them in the washing machine. Thank you, Father, that I have a washing machine that I'm going to do it by hand. (laughs) You know, like sometimes it's so simple thinking, but a lot of times we overthink it and we think that it's got to be some grandiose thing and it's not. It's our simple everyday lives that we go through that you can, you can put him first and remind yourself, you know. Because if you're not putting him first, then you're going to be constantly looking to the other people to fulfill you and to fill those needs that only God can fill. And then when that person fails you, then you're going to move on to another person. Except for now, you're going to be looking for needs in that person, and then you're going to have hurts attached to those needs, and then a cycle is going to begin, and it's going to keep going and going. And then when those people fail you, now you're turning to things, food, money, sex, drugs, animals, whatever you can try to do to fill that spot that only God is meant to fill, And all the while, God's sitting there saying, come to me. I'm here. This is what you need. I can fill you. I can do what you need done. Come to me. I want to give this to you. None of that stuff was meant to fill you. And truthfully, how could it? It was never meant to. None of that stuff was ever meant to fill us. Our husbands aren't meant to fill us. Our kids, our jobs, our friends, our family, ministries, none of that stuff is meant to fill you. God has to be the center. He's the only one that can fill you. We just have to get out of our own way. We have to get out of the way and allow him to do it. You know, he knows what we need, when we need it, and how to give it to us. He created us. He knit us together so perfectly, so of course he's going to know what you need and how to give it to you. We just have to stop pretending to be so strong because women, that's what we are, we are strong, you know, we're the mamas, or the aunties, or the sisters, and you know, we're the ones that everyone comes to, and you got to be just so, you know, we have, a lot of times you have that attitude, like, I don't need anybody's help, I could do it all on my own, you know, I don't need anybody, but the reality is, is we have to humble ourselves to God, and, and say, yes, we do need your help, you know, and, and Humbling ourselves to God is not saying, I'm a worthless piece of garbage, I'm a worm, and you're everything. You know, I'm nothing, you're everything. It's simply saying to God, without you, I can do nothing. Apart from you, I can't do this. I need you to help me be the right kind of mom, be the right kind of friend, the right kind of sister, whatever it is, because without you, I can't. All right, I was raised by a very strong, independent um, woman. And she taught me a lot of good qualities about how to be that strong, independent, confident woman. However, what I didn't realize growing up was that a lot of her strength and independence came from being let down by people and being hurt by them. And in that, I grew up not trusting people, thinking I have to do everything on my own because people are just going to let me down. People always let my mom down, so they're going to let me down, too you know and that translates into our relationship with God. Well, I'm not going to I'm only going to trust you with these things over here, but this stuff over here, I can control it. I can I can take care of it. I can handle it. When the reality is is everything belongs to him anyway. Everything goes to him because the minute you pick something up, you're going to mess it up. If God's not telling you go over here and do this and, you know, do it this kind of way if you're like I can do it, I'm going to handle it, you're going to mess it up. That's just the reality of it. And because of growing up with a mom like that, you know, and not realizing the things that I was seeing wasn't healthy and she didn't have the kind of relationship that I'm telling you that you can have today, I had to break a lot of stuff off of me growing up. And thankfully, through the Holy Spirit and through God and through my board of directors, as I call them, you know, I was able to break all that stuff off. Um, you know, my kids laugh because I do, I call, you know, my circle of friends or my people, my board of directors. And those are your people in your life that are God fearing. They are word giving. They are those people who are going to put you in your place in love when you're, pe- when you're speaking out of pocket or you're being crazy about a certain situation, they're going to be like, mm, that's probably not the best way to go. You know, yeah, that might be what you want to say or that might be how you're feeling, but this is what God says, and this is what God says to do in that situation. Let's not go down that route because you've been down that way, and look how good it turned out for you. Probably not so great. So we have to get to a place in our hearts to where our hearts and minds, that we know that we can do nothing apart from God. You know, and just say to God, I'm here. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I want you first place in my heart and in my mind and in my body and in my soul, and I want to fall in love with you. I want to have that love that's like no other love, that no physical person here on the earth can give you. I want that with you. I want to be married to you first and let me tell you, when you do that, and it's from a sincere heart, and it's not just lip service that you're giving God, like, all right, God, I'm here. You know, I've got all this junk going on in my life, so I'm going to surrender here now because I've got this going on. When you actually, no matter what's going on in your life, and you're like, God, I'm here. Just, I'm here, and I want you, and I want to fall in love with you. He shows up like a mighty rushing river that overtakes you, and there's no Other feeling, there's not, sex can't be good enough, drugs isn't good enough, alcohol, I don't, we, I don't care what it is. None of that even compares or comes close to that feeling, that closeness, that, it's just undeniable and it's uncomparable. You know, but that comes from a sincere heart. And you don't have to be at the bottom of the barrel like your life is, you know, going to hell with a handbag. You know, it doesn't have to be that. It's just your mindset. You know within yourself when you're trying to do stuff on your own merit and on your own strength and how you're tired. And it's just that little bit, you know what, God, I'm done. And it's in that surrender to him that he's like, all right, come here, honey. Come here, baby. I'll pick you up. It's like anybody who has kids or has nieces and nephews or whatever, if you see them struggling, you know, your first thought is to go to them and say, here, let me help you. But if they're independent, like some of my kids are, you wait and you might see them and you're sitting there and you're like, all right, you know, I can help you. I can do it. But the minute they're like, I need help. Then you're like, oh my God, come here, baby. I'll help you. Mommy help you. You know, Bay, help you. Come here. I'll help you. Let's go. Let's do it. You know, that, that's, and that's how our daddy is. He wants to help us, but we have to do it first. We have to come to him first. We have to show up to him daily and say, God, here I am. You know, he's not going to force us. He's not going to force his way into your life. You know, he may nudge you, he may speak softly in your thoughts. You know, he might say, Hey, remember this, or Hey, let's go do this, but he's not going to force himself on you. He's not. He's going to wait for you to get to a place where you're like, You know what, God, I'm done. I want you and I want you wholeheartedly. I want you in every area of my life. I don't want you just in helping me to be a mom, or I don't want you just in helping me to lead the kids, or I don't want you just in being a good friend. I want you in everything, not just those things, in every single area. That's what I want. But we have to do it. We have to be the person that says to God, I'm done. We have to take that first step. And when you do, he's there. And remember, we have to come back to our first love because he first loved us. He's the one who came to us first. We're the ones who pulled ourselves away. We have to go back to him. And it's just that little shift in your mindset, that little tweak that says, God, I'm here and everything. I mean, I could be driving down the street and somebody cut me off and I'm ready to, you know, give a praise and worship service to the wrong kingdom. And then God quickly reminds me, oh, but is that right? You know, God, and I'm like, God, you're right. You know what, Lord, help me. Help me with driving. Lord, just help me. Because there's so many fantastic drivers in this world. Lord, just help me. You know, but it's that, it's that simple. You know, and I used to, it's funny because my mom would say, bless their pointy little head. You know, so I would say, I just grew up saying that too. And I'm like, Lord, just bless their pointy little head. And God said to me one day, what is that? What does that even mean? And I'm like, I don't know, but that sounds very condescending, so I'm not even going to say that no more. So I'm just like, God bless them. Wherever they got to go, I hope they get there, and I hope they're safe, and I hope they get to wherever they got to go, and Lord, just bless their socks off. You know, but we got to get back to that point to where we're choosing God daily, every day, first, before anything else. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh I forgot okay doc I think I turned me down bless y'all no thank you for coming thank you for coming can you hear me am I loud okay I need five minutes I, I'm not even, don't get alarmed by this computer I just had it on my phone I, y'all don't have my glasses okay so let me put it on the computer for me from my phone five minutes and I promise you're out of here but listen, the thing the Lord was showing me was keys. So I, Becky, I use this from your office. <laughs> I'm like, she don't remember where she got them. But I was like, oh, those those are perfect keys from her. And then a, a while ago, I call her Tia Maria so everyone can get it. Tia Maria gave me these as a gift. You remember these? Okay. Gave me these as a gift about keys. First off, Bae, thank you. That was powerful about that. I love, love, love Bethany's mom, Deborah. She was my girl. She used to always tell me, you remind me of me. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, I've gotten words from PT. I have it from 2016 because I was very like that. I was I had had a mouth. I, my, my name was Quickjaw McGraw. Because, honey, you said something to me. I was quick right back on you. Like, don't play with me. Boom, you said something. I was so quick. It was already out there. I'm like, catch it, catch it, catch it. It was already out there. Couldn't get it back. <laughs> it was just... So the Lord had to soften my heart. I remember um, the word that P.T. gave me. stood me up front of everyone. I, I felt like saying, but can you do this in private? Because this this kind of rough, <laughs> right? You know, that God word. Because like, huh? he was like, yeah, the, the prophetic gift in me. And now the Lord has moved me from the prophetic more into like a prophet. So that's why he started to soften my heart. Because he was like, if someone doesn't have a job, the, the the prophet in me was like, well, go get a job. What are you doing? Just you want to eat? Go, go get a job and eat. But now it softened my heart to go, wow, I have compassion for you that you don't have a job. So let me help you, give you some money to help you go eat so you can eat. Because back in the day, I'm like, baby, you want to eat? Go work. <laughs> I'm not giving you any money. Like <laughs> You're on your own, bro. You're on your own, JoJo. But now the Lord had to do a work in my heart to help people more as far as that instead of just slam, bam, thank you. Bye. You just got stabbed. T-t-t-t. Figure it out. Here's the sword. It's out. You got it. Boom, boom. See you later. Bye. So the Lord did it work on me. Zimi, I don't know what this is. Help me. It did something. I forgot to make these announcements early. I'm so sorry. We're having a woodcraft night. Maybe you forgot to remind me. <laughs> I know. See, that's why I had to put notes on. Woodcraft night for women's on a Friday night, October twentieth, six thirty. I think we switched it. It's thirty-five dollars, but that includes we're gonna have pizza. That's Friday, October twentieth. We're gonna come re- really, really relaxed too. Pajamas, leggings, whatever we want. And then um the last Empower Women of 2023 I already have the date. I'm trying to do good. I have the date. Saturday. Oh yeah, thanks, thanks, Bay, because normally AJ's coming to tell you, her husband. <laughs> The last one of 2023 is Saturday, November 4th at 10. The Lord's already gave me the word for that one. So that's going to be the Lord said me, that one. I already have the word for that one. November 4th. Say it again, Wendy. October 20th, 630. If I don't have enough women interested, I will cancel that one. Because that's 35. But the last in power we're going to have here. Women, Saturday, November 4th at 10. Okay. I know Maria told me I need to sign up. I, I didn't do a sign up. Sign up is I guess if people give me the money, <laughs> that's should sign up. But if I don't get enough, and then I'm going to give you your money back, I guess. And we need a minimum. of, did we say 10 or 16? Who's our friend? Is this our friend right here? Oh, I'm like, hey Maria, this friend. Okay, the sister. I think we said ten or sixteen. I think sixteen. Oh, we have yeah. I think no, we have five. I don't remember. I'm so sorry, y'all. Listen, I got coffee spilled on me. <laughs> That's gonna be an excuse, okay? Yes, we have ten more spots left, but we we want to get the max. But if not, we just wanna we'll we'll cancel it because I wanna I wanna give her. She's coming here we like to do max. Okay. But if not, and I think we said sign up is October 8th, mm-hmm. right? So if we don't that's in a week. Yeah, cuz coffee house is tomorrow. So in a week if we don't, then we're going to cancel and then we'll focus on November 4th. I'm just trying to give us women more things to do as far as fellowship so we're not just coming doing ministry stuff. Amen. Right? Life. Okay. Life. Yes. Okay. Uh I think that's it. Right? All right. The Lord put on my heart about keys real quick i can really give a really good thing about the keys but i'm going to do it very quickly very quickly okay zimmy is your things touch can i touch it i'll make it bigger can i make it bigger come here she's like mommy can you how do i make it bigger oh yeah just a little bit smaller perfect. And I thank the Lord for letting me birth these two, because these two, y'all pray for my daughters. I always say pray for my husband because he's married to me, but can y'all pray for me because I'm married to him? I mean, y'all, I think he getting all the prayers. Can y'all get some to me? I'm like, this is not right. We need to balance these prayers, baby. <laughs> Listen, we love Pastor Ben, but can y'all pray for Pastor Latasha for being married to Pastor Ben? We praying for Pastor. We praying for Becky. Maybe Pastor Tom. Like we all love Pastor Tom. <laughs> don't record that. <laughs> Doctor in the back. My son. Like it's recorded. Like too bad. We love them all. We love our men. But we just saying. Don't forget us ladies up in here. Okay. Marriage is at work. We love it. We love our husbands. We love. Listen. But we we thank the Lord. We need prayers and fasting and <laughs> prayers. <laughs> We just laughing cause we love y'all men. That's just it. We're not all in the honeymoon stage. Well, we are kind of in the honeymoon stage, cause we saying that with with David and Taslim. But we just saying, just pray. We need the key to marriage. Not kidding. Uh, just we just love the Lord. Okay, keys, y'all. So the Lord has really dropped in my spirit about keys. Okay, and we already know what the keys do in the natural, right? They they unlock things, right? They open up what's closed. They can close what is opened. Okay. We know we need a connection to who is the key. Who is the key? Jesus. Okay. So we need to be plugged into who the key is before you get a key. You can just have a key. And what are you going to do with a key? Nothing. But you need to have a connection to the key to know what you're going to plug it into to know what you're unlocking. Know what I'm saying? You get that? So. And Matthew 16, 19, you can go to it, you don't, but I have it right here because I'm going to be very quickly. Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys, which also mean authority, of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, forbid, declare it improper and unlawful on earth, will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful on earth, will have already been loosed in heaven. The Message Bible, which I call a.k.a. the Ghetto Bible. And that's not all. This is why I like the Message Bible. You see how it says that? And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. And a no on earth is a no in heaven. So keys mean what? Whatever is in heaven can be here on earth. Okay, but I tell you, some things here on earth ain't up in heaven. Okay, so we know sickness and disease is not in heaven, it's here. So we can bind that spirit of sickness and disease because it's not in heaven, so we cannot have sickness and disease here. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no demon activity up in heaven. So we got some demon activity here. We want to bind that thing because we're like, uh uh, we want heaven here on earth, right? So keys trying to make sure I get exactly what he wants out keys were sometimes bronze or iron. They were so large, y'all, that one man couldn't even carry it. They're used in scripture, as it says, as a symbol of authority and power. Giving keys to a person signifies the entrusting of him with an important change or spiritual authority, okay? Keys are a small piece of shaped metal with incisions to cut to fit the wards of a particular lock, which is inserted into a lock and turn to open or close, fashion something into position. God is saying he's giving keys because he wants to start and get ready to start fastening you guys into a certain position, okay? He's giving you keys because it's time for you. There's things that you might've thought that you had a time with unlocking things. Maybe in your families, there's dreams, visions that maybe you've put away that he said he's gonna start unlocking things. Ministries, businesses, books, things that have been to the side, people may have left and you're wondering what's going on. Is it feeling stagnant? Well, God is saying there's a key that he's given that he's switching. There's a shift that is happening. He's given you the key. Understand what I'm saying? To unlock something. We have spiritual keys to unlock God's purposes in the natural realm in our lives. Okay. God has given you the key right now in your possession to represent a right and a privilege that you have to enable you to enter through a doorway into a secure area that others cannot go through. The key that you have is for you. It's not for everyone else. So don't look at everyone else or compare yourself looking like, oh, they were doing it that way. Maybe I'm going to do it that way. God is saying, no, 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 no. And don't even allow someone to tell you a certain way that you're supposed to do it or they did it because God is saying it's a particular way that he is calling you to do it that you have to hear from him yourself. Okay. He's doing it something new. I love this time of the year, September, October, because God starts speaking to you about new ways and new avenues of doing things. Hence keys. He's given you a special authority. It's a new authority. Okay, empower. That's what the significance is of keys. Let me tell you something. We are in the process of getting a new website right now. This guy who I've never met, I spoke to him on the phone, is amazing. Like just, he calls me, hey, I just want to pray with you real quick. Like just praying. I'm like, what the? This man is so anointed and powerful. And just start speaking to me before I. Before any of the women think he doesn't know anything. And right away, he said, I just hear the Lord saying something that I got to confirm you about keys. And I'm like, Aaron, stop it. No, no, just keys. I'm just hearing keys for you. Crazy, right? But that's how the Holy Spirit is. He's doing something. i tell you, I'll tell you all the time. I don't need confirmation. I know when I hear from God. But it's amazing how he's saying, listen, there's something in it with keys. You can either grab hold of it or you can just drop and let it go. It doesn't matter to me. I just got to be obedient to what he's telling me to tell you. You see what I'm saying? So that thing I'm going to tell you that may have been difficult in the past, he's given you a key so you can put it in position to unlock it. The shift has happened. So whatever that key you need, you've been dealing with that anxiety for so long, that depression for so long, that sickness for so long, he's given you the key. So you got to plug into the key giver. Okay. It's not some magic wand. He's not a genie in a bottle, but you got to plug in to the key giver to understand what the key is so you can hear what he's saying and then be obedient to it. Okay. And then you put the name of Jesus on that key with the key giver so he can say, what am I doing? How do I do it and be obedient? Okay. Revelation 3, 7 says that is the message from the one who was holy and true. The one who has the key of David, what he opens, no one can close what he closes. No one can open. As I said, key is a symbol of authority. Now the dictionary definition of authority is the power to determine, um, educate, adjudicate, sorry, or otherwise settle issues or disputes, jurisdiction, the right to control, command, or determine. But the biblical definition is what, what I like of authority is the power or ability to do something given by or conferred upon or derived from a higher authority. Thank you, Lord. It is the warrant, right power, or ability to do something that was given to us by the Lord. So that means we it's coming from him. It's not one we want to do it ourselves. Because that's the problem now. Sometimes we want to do things that we just want to do because we've seen somebody do it, so I kind of want to do what they do, so I'm going to jump into it. When God has not called us to do it, so it does not it's not blessed. And the Lord says we got to stop with all that, okay? I cannot and don't want to do what Luann does. I knew as soon as I started in therapy, and they were like, you want to do addiction stuff? No. I don't. I, I do not, no Thank you. I, when people say you want to deal with children with, with Bethany stuff. No, I love children. I love the people that, you know, have, are getting free from addiction. I love y'all, but no, I know where my lane is. I know where God has called me. Can I minister to them? Yes. Can I deliver, go through deliverance with them? Yes. But we have to know where God has called us to, to, to do and do that. Stop getting in everybody's lane for a little bit. Stop looking at someone else saying, I want to do that. Do what God has called you to do because that's where you're going to be blessed. That's where he's going to multiply it. That is where he's going to kiss it and say, listen, that's where you're supposed to go and do it. Listen, when I try to do other stuff, listen... As a pastor, he does have me at times step in certain roles because I have to as an associate pastor. Where there's lack for a minute, I gotta step in to go, okay, I gotta make sure we fill this role for a little bit, do it, and then I'm out because I get somebody else in that spot. Hey, I need you. Matter of fact, that's how we got bait in a minute. We needed someone, I had to step in till I'm like, okay, where we got? Bethany so-and-so, Jenny. Remember we got Jenny, okay, Bye. Stepped out. Then we got somebody in that place. We need someone for sound for a minute. We had no one everyone. I had to step in with my son, where it sound. All right, we got some okay back. I'm out of here. That's what I have to do, just to step in for a minute. But I'm not staying there. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? I just step in for a little bit. I, then I got to get out of there because that's not my land. That's not who God has called me to do. And that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you have to do something just for a little bit, but get out. That's my call as a pastor. Mine, mine. Now I'm not saying any of yours. Okay? So you got to hear what God is calling you to do so you can go, okay, where's my key? Where's my key? Where are going this is where the anointing is. Hey, this is good. I'm feeling good. God is calling me here. Yes, I'm blessed here. This is this is good. Okay, okay. But if you're starting to be in a place and you're trying to make it work, and you're trying to do, get out of there. And we have to stop that because we do that in the body of Christ a lot. And as I keep mentioning, keep hearing what God is saying, we got to stop thinking this stuff is ours. We don't. This stuff does not belong to us. We're not taking any of this stuff with us to heaven. Nothing. It doesn't belong to us. Okay, nothing. So, uh, let me see what else he says. Oh, with these keys, which is what I love. We got the weight of the kingdom authority backing us. That's why I say do what God is calling you to do, because that's when you got the weight of his authority backing. When you do stuff that he hasn't called you, you have no kingdom authority. It doesn't back you. And I don't care if you keep praying and hoping and wishing. Please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord. He's like, what you doing? I didn't call you to do that. It's like when Elijah was hiding in the clay. Elijah, where are you at? We know God knew exactly where Elijah was. <laughs> it's like why you he just trying to ask him They're like, where are you? Like, you know I didn't call you there. Get out that cave. You know what I mean? Uh Luke ten nineteen says, Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy. Say all. all. You understand what that means? He says, All the power of the enemy, say all. all. Okay? That means all of it, guys. All the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. I'm going to say that again. And nothing will in any way harm you. Okay? We have authority because Jesus won the victory for us. Okay? You are not some powerless, hopeless, deadbeat woman. You are not. I don't care what the enemy tries to say to you. I don't care what happened. I don't care if, if, if what happened with your parents or if they spoke something over you. Right now, I break that in Jesus' name. I break off what you've even thought about yourself. I break off any limitless thoughts that you have. I break off what the enemy is trying to speak to you right now about yourself. I break it in Jesus' name because you are connected to the key. huh? And you're, he's putting you into a position right now that you're going to start unlocking some things right now right now in Jesus name huh right now you don't serve a limitless uh, uh, an unlimited god you serve a limitless god who always makes a way out of no way always always we don't go by what it looks like never never by how it looks cuz he can always turn things around suddenly and immediately suddenly and immediately huh who always keeps his promises, right, Zemi? Always keeps his promises. He's a promise keeper. Keys represents promises, and God has said He's given us the promises to the kingdom. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. All of them, all of them. What key do you need today? What key is it? finances? Get the key to the finances, okay? Is it keys to, to your marriage? What's going on with your marriage? Get the keys to the marriage and figure this out. Is it keys to your healing? Find the keys to your healing in the word and get that key and get in the position to the healing, okay? Is it keys to your mental health? Get the keys to the mental health in your Bible and say, okay, this is what I need. Is it keys to your family because someone's not saved? Get the keys to the word and find out what that is and put the name of Jesus on it. Is it keys to something going on in you right now? Get in the word of God and say, I need keys to this because I got to work this out. Because, baby, I'm here to tell you where you're at right now is temporary. It doesn't have to stay that way. God has great plans for you. You got a great purpose. All you got to do is connect to the key giver and speak the word of God over it. Speak the name of Jesus over it. Plead the blood of Jesus over it because it doesn't have to stay that way today. It's not going to stay like this. It's only temporary. We put the blood of Jesus over it. Stay connected to the key. He's the key. You have keys, keys to the kingdom. Stick to the key. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm excited. This is why I could be excited. This is why. This is not temporary. I know what he's done for me. I'm so excited I'm like, and I don't I don't just stay this temporary because I, I don't go by my feelings. And that's why I sing the song, even when I feel like it, when I don't. Baby, I don't care. I'm gonna love on him. And you can look and go, where did she get all that from? Doesn't matter. Because he's so good to me all the time. I look at where even some of the people I've known for years and how far they've come, I'm like, wow, he's so good, and he's going to continue to push us and take us to other levels and let us go out there and get people. It's our duty to let people know about him. It's our duty to shine a light. How can we put a bushel over it? Because he's so good and delivered us and took care of us and delivered our families and bringing them into the kingdom and bringing husbands to my daughter and going to bring a husband to that one so our family can go and do great exploits so we can get other people saved. I got my sister calling me. Listen, I just need you to pray and talk about this because I know how you connect to the Lord. Everything you say becoming the truth. I'm like, it doesn't have to be me. You can connect to him, but they still look and watch because they know I got a connection to the daddy and that's you each and every one of you. So when I get excited and I'm so happy and I go, yes, I have this joy and the world didn't give it. So when I can take a stand about certain things and people get upset and I talk about Halloween, I don't care. I'm not associating with evil. I don't want y'all going to hell with gasoline drawers on. (laughs) And God's going to hold me accountable when he speaks to me about something. And I go, well, God, I really don't want them to be mad at me. I really just, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Listen, I'm done with feelings. I'm not walking on eggshells. Because you know what? I'm being obedient to my daddy. And if he told me to say something to you guys because I want you to do better, we got to do better because we got to be the church and finally be the church and stand out right and be the church, yeah. then that's what we're going to do. Either you're going to come along and be the church or you're going to be something else. What are we doing? We got to say we have the keys. We got the keys. We can't one day have the keys and next day we don't. We can't be a schizophrenic church. Either we're going to say this word works or it doesn't work. It doesn't work on October 31st, but it works the rest of the year. It doesn't work on this day, but it works on this day. Either it works or it doesn't work. Either God is either Jesus is God or He's not. And I had to say Jesus, because we know there are all these gods, but it's Jesus. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is Jesus. And the reason I say that because I served Allah. And it didn't work. I served the universe, and it didn't work. I served being a white witch, and it didn't work. But you know what works? It's Jesus. That works. So when I tell you, be connected to the key, when I'm connected to the key, <laughs> when I'm connected to the key, it's different. It's a difference. Don't leave out of here not being connected to the key. Don't leave out here going, I got to go to another level. Oh, man, I got to go deeper. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. When I play this song, he's holy only. Oh, my goodness. He's holy only and nobody else holy like him like that. He, but we're holy because it says be holy as I am holy so I can say I'm holy too. Yeah. When I get in the word and I say, oh, my goodness, we learned stuff through religion, through the church, that we've been speaking and saying things that doesn't even make sense, Then now I'm getting in the word myself to go, wow, God, you're holy, but you say be holy as I am? Yeah. Lord. But we have the keys. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, today I do. I have keys, dear little keys. However, I'm gonna place them in your hand, silver, gold. I'm gonna give you a few. I'm just gonna put them in your hand as a prophetic gesture. Because, like I said, as a prophet in me, I'm gonna put it in your hand because I'm believing that there's gonna be something that shift in your life, and you're gonna take it, whatever that key is. I don't know. The Lord may have me speak something as I put the keys in. He may not. I don't know. I'm just going to be obedient, okay, as a prophetic gesture. Keep your remembrance of the keys. But as I said, it don't let it just be a key in your hand, and you're sitting there like, here, got a little fake key. Oh, thanks for the key. <laughs> <laughs> what well, did Tasha give me a little key for? No. You're going to say, I'm going to believe God and trust that this is a prophetic justice, that Jesus is going to, I'm blessed and believe in God for this key, that this is for, mm. okay? I have kingdom authority with these keys for, mm. okay? Remember, you got to put the name of Jesus on it or it's just a useless little toy key that you're going to have decorations in your house. But I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God to go deeper in you, God. I want to spend more time with you, God. So I'm believing that with this, I'm going to have deeper revelation in the word of God. That's what we all should be saying, too. We want to go deeper in revelation with him and his word so that when we talk to people, we know what we're saying. Hence what I said. As a Muslim, I was going and beating up, literally beating up Christians with the word of God because they didn't know the Bible. I did as a Muslim, knew more of the Bible than Christians. So please know the word, okay? Right. Let me see, what else? Do, 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 do. Oh, one thing Tazalim and Bay said, which I'm gonna say, another key is Proverbs 18.21. Keys is from your mouth. Yeah. What you speak is a key. that right? The ear? Oh, yeah. the tongue is gonna bring life or death. You're gonna reap the consequences of what you speak. What kind of keys are you speaking out of your mouth? I know sometimes you want to speak things. Believe me, we're all human. But keep your mouth shut if it's not gonna bring life. Just shut up. Just my husband knows it. <laughs> He'll see that in my face. Earlier when I was just starting here too, people I had I had a mom, Kim Robinson sitting in the back and she was like, Latasha, I can see your eyes from back here. I'm like, oh so I had to learn. I'm like, yeah, you can see my eyes. Because <laughs> my eyes would just speak. I wear my emotions on my on my sleeve as they say. But as a therapist, I learned. Now I'm just like this.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: You can't tell. I'm playing poker. <laughs> Thinking, oh, my goodness, this person needs deliverance. But I'm just like, eh, okay. Yeah, great. Oh, okay. Hmm. Like that. Hmm. Here's some keys real quick. Key points. Your mouth. God's going to do keys of opportunities. You're going to get keys uh, to set the captives free. Keys to go deeper in prayer. Keys uh, when you do praise and worship. Me me. me me um and of course we know the master key is jesus okay so i'm just going to trust god as we as we get ready to close doctor play my song holy only and we're going to go ahead and believe god with the keys as i said i was going to be really quick i kind of went off for a little i don't know and um i would let you choose but i'm just going to put some in your hand that okay And um, we're just going to let the Lord do his thing.